We've got our first look at the Gran Turismo movie. The Fast X trailer is coming just in time for the Super Bowl. A Harrison Ford classic is getting remade, and we're taking a look at everything coming to streaming and in theaters this weekend. We're talking all that and more on the Chatter After Daily. Greetings, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the Chatter After Daily, the show where we chat, argue, and wax poetic about everything in the world of movie news and pop culture. I'm your host, Michael Thomas. Joining me is good friend, Ryan Cam. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing fantastic, Mike. Uh, outside of a bit of allergies, outside of that, I'm doing fantastic. Looking forward to uh, talking about all the stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, we've got a lot of trailers today, which is always fun. And for the YouTube audience, we actually get to show you some footage, unlike the, the podcast feed. If you're audio only, don't worry. We're going to be talking through it. You're not going to have weird gaps of space where there's nothing happening because we're watching trailers. But it, it's one of the reasons why it's fun to be here live and on the YouTube uh, replays. Uh, we're going to just jump into topic number one, and it is the trailer roundup. We've got trailers for... Renfield, we've got a first look at Gran Turismo, and of course, the incredible Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Uh, I guess we can start off with the sneak peek we got of Gran Turismo. This is a, a this is a movie based off of the PlayStation Studios video game. And I, I just want to know, Ryan, have you ever played Gran Turismo at all? Like, are you a gamer? I have not, but I've seen a bunch of playthroughs on YouTube, so I... I know what Gran Turismo is. Yeah. This is coming out this year. It's coming out in August 11th, and it's said to be um, based on the true story of John Mardenborough. The film is the ultimate wish fulfillment tale of a teenage Gran Turismo player whose gaming skills won a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional race car driver. I have to say, like the footage that we have here of this movie and just hearing uh, the creatives and the, the actors talk about it, this seems like this could be a, a fun ride. You know, no pun intended. <laughs> this could be a fun <laughs> summer uh, racing movie. It, it's just funny because the very same day we got word that they're releasing the trailer for Fast and the Furious 10 or Fast X. D do you think Gran Turismo is, is going to do well and... Are you excited for it in lieu of, you know, Fast and Furious coming back as well? Well, I really I really don't like Gran Turismo's chances. I mean, <laughs> I think mean, look at Fast and Furious. I mean, I've long since checked out of those movies and they've just jumped the shark and done a 450 splash over the shark. But you can't deny that they have absolutely made money. And so you put anything against a Fast and Furious movie, it's probably not going to do super hot. And not to mention, it's both car movies or right. centered around cars. So it's, I don't know if it's right to say it's a flavor fatigue question or if it's like two of a similar thing, but I just, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't like the chances. Yeah. Uh, I, I know for sure it's not going to make nearly as much money as Fast and Furious, but if it can, I, I think we have to realize, like you said, Fast and Furious it's just its entirely own thing now. Like they're in space, they're doing all this nonsense. Whereas if Gran Turismo can be what Fast and Furious started out as, be 
about the racing and the thrill of NASCAR and, you know, I think that could be a really unique take and it kind of, it, it, that might actually bolster it a little bit too, right? Having that stark contrast of they are technically the same genre, but they're approaching it in vastly different ways. Yeah, not to mention that in the footage we were just watching, you got Orlando Bloom. I mean, that's Legolas. I mean, he's like cool in pretty much everything. And not to mention, we also got David Harbour. So at least they got some good people in the cast, not to mention the fact that this movie's based on a true story. So that's three yeah. things that I'm like, all right, I'm... You got me interested, but let's not also forget this is a video game movie and they yeah. haven't done so well in the past. I mean, we could talk about it all day if we really wanted to. I think really the best video game movie ever made is probably that Laura Croft Tomb Raider movie we got in 2018 with Alicia Vikander. Even yeah. then, it was just okay. Like the, re like the rest are either forgettable or just whatever Uwe Boll makes, just horrible stuff. I do, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, right? It being a, a video game movie. Um, we have The Last of Us coming up next week, in fact. I'm pretty sure. In a, in a couple weeks, at least. And mm -hmm. so it, it's going to be interesting because this is another PlayStation Studios project, uh, especially coming off of Uncharted, which, you know, not a lot of people loved Uncharted. It was okay. It wasn't as faithful to I the like games it. as one might hope. Yep. It, it was pretty good. But... I think that's the, that's the tell, right? If The Last of Us hits, that might give us some more faith in what PlayStation Studios as a whole can do because they have God of War coming, they have Horizon Zero Dawn coming. So I'm fascinated to see what happens with Gran Turismo because this, this is the one they have the most creative liberties on too because it's not yeah. just pulling a story from one of the games. Yeah, and, and I'm not a gamer. I should get out in front and say that. I'm not necessarily a gamer, but there are several games that I would love to see translated into movies or TV shows. I mean, Assassin's Creed is just sitting there, like, collecting dust. Like, it's just asking for something to be made based off of that. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Very much so. Uh, we have another trailer, though. And, uh, you know, talking about taking creative liberties, we've got Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. This trailer is wild uh this is a movie that that was announced last year and the premise just makes me laugh every single time now feral and bloodthirsty winnie the pooh and piglet terrorize christopher robin and a group of young women at a remote house that is the synopsis you guys are seeing that the 34 second teaser we got today it's coming out friday it's coming out february 15th excuse me are you are you are you into horror, Ryan? And if so, does this appeal to you at all? I love horror movies. I got a I've got a series on my channel called Scary Mania where I review 31 horror movies in 31 days. So mm -hmm. I love me some horror. This just I don't know what someone was smoking when they were coming up with this concept. They're like, you know, <laughs> you know who hasn't gotten the slasher treatment? Winnie the Pooh. Like, what was going on that day? Like, like in the creative meanings, it'd be like, all right, we just did the Grinch. Now what classic character can we turn in? Can we give the Jason Voorhees treatment? Uh, right. Let's see. Uh, Peter Pan? No, no. Like Winnie the Pooh. Now you're talking. Like what was going on in that? What was going on in that meeting? It just so confusing to me because Winnie the Pooh 
is a family like it, it's a property meant for families like i remember in 2011 when harry potter and the deathly house part two was released what else released that weekend was that winnie the pooh movie from disney it didn't do super great but it was two essentially family properties paired up with each other so it's just it, it feels like fan fiction to me and not the best kind mike you're muted that I was just I was just going to add that's what happens when you have things enter public domain, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> anybody can get their hands on, on the Winnie the Pooh property and make it their own. And on one hand, I think this is a very fascinating idea. the The fact that somebody can say we're going to take Winnie the Pooh and we're going to make this crazy slasher with it. On the other, the movie just doesn't look that good. Like the the Pooh costume design is just not appealing at all maybe if it had a bigger budget behind it you know and actually made this look somewhat reminiscent of winnie the pooh i might be on board but it kind of just feels like somebody is essentially wearing like a ghost face type mask right where it's somebody dressed up as pooh not an actual bear yeah and on yeah. top of that this is a fathom event you know what else was a fathom event that jeepers creepers movie we got last year and nobody liked that one so this is just red flags all over the place a red flag so big that it just dwarfs the screen yeah you know it, it's it comes out very soon february 15th i'll check it out you know it's a it's a fascinating premise i know um our friends over at the last scare podcast uh are very invested in this film simply because it, it's so out there i i think one of the biggest issues is that this movie comes out on the 15th of next month. This was the first look we have, this 32nd teaser. We haven't seen enough, I feel like. Like a full trailer would be nice. And we just never gotten it. And, you know, we've learned as we've we've studied the, this entire space for a number of years. When you don't release a full look this close, you're probably hiding something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's... A massive red flag, like I was mentioning, massive red flag when you're getting any hint of a teaser trailer less, like not less than a month, but just about a month before it's supposed to release. That is never a good sign. Never. We had it. We had another trailer drop today, and this one I'm personally very excited for. Um, it, this is Renfield, and this is a Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt movie. Nicholas Holt is playing a character named Renfield who is a henchman for Dracula and he mm -hmm. wonders what life would be like if he stopped working for his dark master. I, I, I don't know how you feel about Nicolas Cage movies, Ryan, but this just screams perfection to me. It, is, it just looks so funny. It looks so ridiculous. And I think Nicholas Holt being like the, the straight man essentially to the crazy Dracula that Nicolas Cage is gonna is gonna perform. I'm excited for this. We previewed this uh on episode one of the Chatter After Daily on the first with uh Leo and AJ. We talked about how this entire premise sounds ridiculous. What are your thoughts here? Are you excited for it? Did this trailer do anything for you? Uh I have um kind of mixed thoughts on the one hand I love the Universal Dracula. Shout out to Bela Lugosi. Like, he was just awesome in the role. And Renfield 
was the original Dracula henchman in that original Dracula movie in 1931. So I appreciate the connection there. And I love me some Nicolas Cage. I have not seen every Nicolas Cage movie. I think I would be the, here till I was like 35 if I did. But, uh, <laughs> but I love Nicolas Cage and the stuff that I have seen him in. Love Nicholas Holt. That dude is secretly really good as an actor. I mean, Mad Max Fury Road. He was just yeah. in the menu last year, my favorite movie of last year. Like the dude just has not missed in his career. And then and and just overall, like I said, the mixed part comes in because we haven't even gotten a proper Dracula movie since 2014. What are we doing getting a Renfield movie in 2023? <laughs> it just I don't know. It just feels like they're putting the cart before the horse. I'm very interested. The trailer does look good. I mean, Nicolas Cage, I mean, just in the brief moments we've seen, see him as Dracula with the rings and the Christopher Lee aesthetic when he was in the <laughs> Hammer Dracula movies. I love yep. that. This, in several aspects, is speaking my language. But there's just other parts where I was just like, can we get a proper Dracula movie first before we get here? But overall, I'm still I'm still partially excited for it. I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, I think on, on the flip side of that, though, we do get we've had so many Dracula movies in the past. Somebody probably just thought it'd be a good idea to try something different and and jump in with with something fresh, like having Renfield be the the main character, the, the protagonist of the story in contrast to Dracula. Um, but yeah, fr from a narrative standpoint, it's kind of funny just to start <laughs> with the henchman and not the main guy. I, I still think it could be a fun time, though. The, the trailer was was amusing. Yeah, it was it was like I said, it was fun. I love the part where Aquafina is like, you just took that dude's arm off with a serving platter. And Nicholas Holt's <laughs> like, it's all in the wrist. <laughs> I yes. love that part. It's so good. I'm I'm excited for it. That's coming out in April of this year. Uh, and again, we we mentioned it briefly, but we'll just touch on it again. Fast and Furious getting a trailer uh, in February. I'm just going to assume that's for the Super Bowl. We're getting into Super Bowl trailer season. Are there any trailers you you want them to announce and you're looking forward to uh, coming up next month? Usually, the trailers that we do get for the big game are usually pretty good. So I don't think there's one specific I'm looking out for. All that I do know is that the ones that we are probably going to get are going to be great. So not one specific one I'm looking out for, but I will be watching and I have a feeling that they will be, they will be dropping some big ones. I hope we get something John Wick related though. Now that I do think about it. Uh, I would love John Wick. That would be amazing. Cage for Batman. Hey Isaac, welcome. I mean, to the show. <laughs> he technically already kind of was a Batman and Kickass, if you really think about it. Yeah, that's very true. You know, Spider-Man Noir, call, he's getting there. <laughs> he's totally, totally getting there. That that's it for for the trailers though for today. A lot of a lot of interesting ones. Nothing major, like nothing like groundbreaking, but a lot of fun movies that are releasing this year, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, going into three is looking stacked. It really is. It yeah, it definitely is. I am so excited. Uh, 
we're gonna spend so much money on on movies this year. I feel like we're gonna be there every single day at some and point. Not regret a single minute of it. Never, never. Moving on to story number two. Ruth Nega joins this remake of a Harrison Ford movie, Presumed Innocent. I've got the story right here. This was coming from Deadline earlier this morning. Oscar and Tony-nominated Ruth Nega has been tapped to start opposite Jake Gyllenhaal, who's in final negotiations, for Presumed Innocent. Apple TV's upcoming limited series from David E. Kelly and J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot. Inspired by Scott Turow's courtroom thriller, Presumed Innocent is the story of a horrific murder that upends the Chicago prosecuting attorney's office when one of its own is suspected of a crime. The book was published in 1987 and was turned into a 1990 feature film starring Harrison Ford in the very role Gyllenhaal is taking on. As reimagined by Kelly, who is an attorney by trade, Presumed Innocent, the TV series, will explore obsession, sex, politics, and the power and limits of love as the accused fights to hold his family and marriage together. The, you know, have you seen the Harrison Ford movie? I just want to get that out there very quick. <laughs> I have not. I've I've heard about it. I know what it is. I've just never seen it. But just... Reading yeah. what reading what you were just reading, I love Gyllenhaal and Apple TV Plus. Of the things that I've seen on there, have been pretty solid. Right. So there are reasons to get excited for this. Yeah, um, I love I love the cast already. So I think this could be a very fascinating uh, streaming series. It's it's cool that they're taking the ideas and the themes right and kind of turning them on their head a little bit, especially with Kelly having experience in, in this very field, you know, being an attorney. So I think uh, this is going to be really great for, for Apple TV, especially like uh, Ted Lasso, Warner Brothers TV is backing this show, which I think is kind of weird how it's not going to be on HBO Max then. Like, I don't know why they're starting to license more shows to other networks, but uh, before we we dive into that too much, we have one more comment here. Isaac's following up the Cage Batman talk with "Have Cage returned for Ghost Rider?" Renfield looks hilarious. <laughs> you know what? If Hugh Jackman can be Wolverine, why not let Cage be Ghost Rider in Secret Wars or something like that? Sure. I mean, you're gonna be diving into the multiverse soon. I mean, you might as well. You might as well. Um, but yeah, what? Uh, anything else with? Uh, excuse me presumed innocent i mean like i said it's Hall, it's apple tv plus this sounds like the makings of a pretty solid uh is this a series or a mini series uh it just says limited series so it okay. whenever they say limited series i'm feeling they are planning one but it's probably if it does well it's probably going to get expanded okay then two or three from what i have read and now seen it does seem pretty interesting. Yeah, this should be fun. I, I think this is is going to be really good. Um, speak speaking of more coming to streaming, I wonder if this is an idea that that Disney or the powers that be are kicking around. We've got Brendan Fraser talking about coming back for more mummy movies. <laughs> this is coming from Deadline. Uh, 
They asked him if he was open to return to the Mummy franchise, and he simply said, sign me up. I'm not opposed to it. I don't know any actor who doesn't want a job. I don't think I've been this famous and unsalaried at the same time in my professional life. <laughs> Which is, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad we're in the Brendan Fraser renaissance, right? We were, we were finally getting, getting him in more roles, especially after The Whale. I wish we could have got Batgirl, but that's a gripe for another day because he was playing yeah. Firefly and I'm sure he was going to be amazing. But are you are you interested in the return of the Mummy franchise? So I've only seen the the first the Mummy movie the mm-hmm. in terms of Fraser ones the first one and Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, which is a movie that I personally kind of like. It gets hate, but I I've always liked it. Maybe it's because of the Jet Li factor, but I've always liked yeah. that movie. Don't 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 hate me in the chat, but <laughs> but. If we are getting the Brendan Fraser Renaissance, and I would be open to seeing him come back. I mean, it, it's that first Mummy movie. It hasn't aged super well in terms of effects from what I've mm-hmm. seen in clips, but the movie is so much fun from what I remember. Like, there's like that opening scene where the mummy gets like his tongue like removed from him. If you know, you know. And that whole scene is still brutal. It's still kind of it. Op, it occupies a place in my mind to this day and, and that came out in 1999 so it was pretty effective in that regard and so it's if Frazier's open to it then I'm open to it yeah for sure you know I think anything can be better than the last mummy movie we got with uh Tom Cruise <laughs> so oh, it, it, well, but- just us talking about it is already better than that Tom Cruise mummy movie because good <laughs> lord that that movie was terrible and and I I'm a defender of uh, like I love the Boris Karloff mummy I love the mummies with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee you know mm-hmm. I'm I'm a defender of those movies but oh boy like Great Caesar's Ghost that that Tom Cruise one was just awful and it was going to be like the start of a five-year plan and we're still waiting. Like the five years is long past. Yeah. You know, that that's that's entirely my point of it's nowhere to go but up. And at least these this franchise is established. It has a passionate fan base. And the first one's still pretty good. Does it hold up like visually, like you were saying? No. But you know, if you can turn your brain off from that aspect, it's it's still a fun time. So hopefully. They do it. I'm pretty sure Disney just did like a National Treasure series on Disney Plus. So maybe they'll learn from their mistake and get Brendan Fraser back properly to, to do a proper follow up for the mummy. Yeah, I hope so. That is it as far as uh, our main topics. We're going to a segment that we're going to start doing on Thursdays, which is coming soon. We're going to be breaking down a lot of the the shows, movies, and everything coming to theaters and streaming this weekend so you guys know what to look out for. Coming to theaters today and, you know, worldwide tomorrow is, of course, Megan. Uh, Ryan, I know you've seen the Megan trailer. Everybody's seen the Megan trailer at this point. Yeah, is this a movie? Campaign, whoever hired these, hired these marketers should get a raise because... <laughs> Like just when I first saw the trailer, I was like, okay, this kind of looks like this kind of looks like Chucky, like 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 child's play, but right. but like a modern version. 
but like whoever has whoever the marketing department was i hope they were well compensated because they have definitely sold me because i i don't know if this is going to be like top 10 movies of the year but i mean it looks effectively creepy and from what i've seen on rotten tomatoes and other reviews the reviews have have been really good so yeah this this one might be a a sleeper hit to start the year it definitely is because currently um right now on rotten tomatoes is sitting at a 98 percent which is Whoa. i did not expect that for for megan um no, just for for the folks listening we did break this down uh, on our movie preview episode, but we'll just run through it again. Megan is a marvel of artificial intelligence, a lifelike doll that's programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally. Designed by Gemma, a brilliant roboticist, Megan can listen, watch, and learn as it plays the role of friend, teacher, playmate, and protector. When Gemma becomes an unexpected caretaker of her eight-year-old niece, she decides to give the girl a Megan prototype, a decision that leads to unimaginable consequences. Like you said, this feels like it's it's going to be a sleeper hit where just looking at this footage on screen right now, I can't wait. This looks this looks so, so good. Yeah, if, there's, in... one part, if there's one part of me that has me a bit worried, I've seen mm -hmm. some reviews from people I trust that say this movie is self-aware which yeah. i have just grown tired of the meta stuff in my movies just be ironic or unironic don't try and be cute with the whole hey we're in a movie hey i'm like i'm just i've grown weary of that kind of stuff but i will keep an open mind for this yeah that, that's valid that's a valid concern to have uh because when when movies go too meta it starts to take you out of it a bit so i totally understand mm -hmm. that perspective there that is the only theatrical release for again we're in january so not too many movies are coming out this weekend but going off of the, the critics for the most part this seems to be a good choice if you, if you guys want to go out to the movies everything else we're talking about from here on out is on streaming or on you know your your, your cable providers packages the next one is the pale blue I. This is a Netflix movie starring Christian Bale. I've got the synopsis pulled up right here. West Point, 1830. In the early hours of a gray winter morning, a cadet is found dead. But after the body arrives at the morgue, tragedy becomes savagery when it's discovered that the young man's heart has been skillfully removed. Fearing irreparable damage to the fledgling military academy, its leaders turn to a local detective. Augustus Landor, that's Christian Bale's character. To solve the murder, stymied by the cadet's code of silence, Landor enlists the help of one of their own to pursue the case, an eccentric cadet with a disdain for the rigors of the military and a penchant for poetry, a young man named Edgar Allan Poe, played by Harry Melling. This movie had a limited theatrical release. Did, did you happen to, to catch that by chance? No, when I was kind of surprised because uh, my luxury theater about 20 minutes away from me usually gets one or two streaming movies a month. For example, I saw Army of the Dead at that theater and I had a great time with that. I saw right. Summer of Soul, which was a Hulu release at that theater, and it was one of my favorite movies of 2021. So it occasionally gets streaming movies, but it didn't get the pale blue eye. I didn't know 
how that went about, but I am, this movie has my interest, like, it, it has my interest peaked. It's director mm -hmm. Scott Cooper, I mean, Christian Bale, I mean, the dude, if, if last year proved anything, is that he made Thor Love and Thunder and Amsterdam sort of kind of watchable. I said sort of <laughs> kind of, so don't come at me. I said sort of kind of. But that's Christian his Bale, biggest feat of his career, you can argue. <laughs> his chiropractor must have been on speed dial because he had to carry both of those movies on his back. But, right. uh, but that's another story for another time. This movie looks fascinating to me. I love these kind of period pieces that's that are darker. I don't know if the, the Edgar Allan Poe thing is just go added in there just to be like, say, Edgar Allan Poe is someone famous, don't you know? But right. I hope they use his in, his inclusion well in there because I mean Edgar Allan Poe we all know who he is, just a fantastic poet. I mean the the uh, the uh, the Telltale Heart, the Raven. I could go on, but this this trailer looks really good, and I am I think I'm going to go out of my way to see this. Yeah, this is definitely one of the highlights of the week for me. Um, again, like you said, Christian Bale. I'm just going to watch everything he's in. Um, but the entire premise, like reading that synopsis and, and like you said, that trailer, it's stunning. I can't wait to see this movie coming to Netflix this weekend, guys. Yeah. That is the last movie on the list. Everything else uh, is going to be television shows. And this one I think is very fascinating. Coming to Peacock, we have Paul T. Goldman. Paul T. Goldman's world is turned upside down when he finds out that his wife has been living a secret double life. His efforts to uncover the truth thrust him into a labyrinth of fraud, deception, and criminality that transforms him, in his words, quote, from wimp to warrior, end quote. Director Jason Walliner tries to keep the series he thought he was making from going off the rails as Goldman stars in reenactments, changes the script, and challenges Walner's vision. The stranger-than-fiction true crime docuseries blends fact and fiction, similar to the director's work on Borat's subsequent movie film. <laughs> Borat's subsequent movie film is pretty, pretty crazy. D does this uh, series seem interesting to you at all, Ryan? Uh, or just... I was watching this trailer about 15-ish minutes before I came on to go live with you, and I still don't quite know what I was watching. I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of Dennis Haysbert. He was the he was the president in the first few seasons of 24, which I'm I'm a big fan of him in that show. So he's at least going to be good in it. But right. I just don't. Is this an actual true story? Is this a mockumentary? I just. I'm struggling to wrap my head around this one. I just, I, I don't know what, quite what to make of it. Going from the the synopsis, this is like it says, it's similar to Borat's subsequent movie film, which blends fact and fiction. And so, yeah, it is a docu series, but they're adding a bunch of nonsense in between to make it more entertaining. So we can't decipher what's real or fake. Uh, that's that's why it's kind of kind of hard to, to, to key in on what's exactly happening i think for me that's why i'm invested right because i want to see how this turns out especially after the last borat which was just off the walls insanity um but yeah this is a peacock original let's let's 
very exciting. Le uh, coming up next, we have Tomo-chan is a girl. This is a show that actually just came out uh, today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is going to be on Crunchyroll, and I'm just going to presume it's also going to be on Hulu, because most things on Crunchyroll end up on Hulu. Tomo Aizawa and Juriko Kubata are the tightest bros you will ever see. They roughhouse and spar, but through thick and thin, they've got each other's back. Yet, there's just one small problem. Tomo is in love with June. Since she was young, tomboyish Tomo has been just another one of the guys. Due to his extreme muscle brain nature, June does not notice any of her advances, not even when she explicitly confesses her love to him. To add insult to injury, for the longest time, he did not even realize that she was a girl. Will Tomo ever be able to catch June's eye and escape the infamous bro zone? This is another rom-com anime uh, coming out on Crunchyroll. I don't know if you're into anime at all or not, uh, Ryan, but... You know, it's one of those things where I consistently try to get into anime. Like, I don't know if you all can see, but I've got the first few seasons of Dragon Ball Z behind me. So just for the sake of like mm -hmm. trying to get my anime journey started with something that I at least know what it is, but and I've seen I've seen all Studio Ghibli's output. Last year I saw Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which was a lot of fun. I oh, love yeah, the I love the character who like who had whose entire dialogue consists of like I of like ingredients for I believe sushi. Yeah, it's, and and all of his dialogue consists of like rice and sesame oil it's like i just i had so much i had so much fun with that so i i'm not as into it as i would like to be and mm. i and i do plan on trying to get more into it and but it's just it's weird i i always hesitate to try and go up to anime fans and be like where do i start because i i'm afraid they're just gonna be like well how long you got <laughs> You know what? That's very funny you mentioned that. And we're just going to do a shameless plug here. Over at the Amateur Otaku Podcast, we did an episode where we picked out the best anime for beginners. We made sure that they were mainly one to two seasons. So you're not going to spend, you know, half your life trying to watch One Piece. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'll recommend, I'll get you that list a bit later. For everybody else, go to the Amateur Otaku on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. It's a great episode. But yeah, I think Tomo-chan is a girl. is It's a fun show. I got to watch episode one today. It's an English dub and Japanese sub on Crunchyroll, if you guys want to check it out. It's a cute romantic comedy. Uh, and hopefully old girl can get out of the, the friend zone with, with her guy friend here. <laughs> and, and while I'm thinking about it, I also saw the Death Note series, which was fantastic, because I saw the Netflix Death Note. And after after, <laughs> after finishing it, I was thinking to myself, I have no idea what the series is like, but it's got to be better than this. And sure enough, it was doing laps around that movie. I love that story so much. You you watched Death Note and just said, nothing can be this bad. And you just went and found the good one. That is the best way to discover an anime I've ever heard. <laughs> well, Willem Dafoe was like the big bad in that. He was like, he was the, the demon from the book. And so I was like, well, yep. at least he's going to be good. And He's good in his scenes, but I was just the entire time thinking to myself, I have no idea what the what anime fans think of this, and I'm pretty sure it's bad, but I have a feeling 
I'm going to have secondhand rage on behalf of the anime community for this. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a time. I'm interested to see because I'm pretty sure the Duffer Brothers are, are doing another Death Note remake for Netflix. So it'll be interesting to see how the Stranger Things team tackles it once they're done with uh, Stranger Things 5 coming up soon. So that should be cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. anime is one of those things where I've always tried to get into it. I even I, I like watching Japanese wrestling, so that I'm into that. But it's just anime is just one of those things where I like it's like trying to get into it is just a bit hard for me. I like like I've seen videos would be like, this is where you start, and they recommend stuff like Naruto and Bleach no. and other things. Nope, never start there. I as somebody who loves Naruto and has covered Bleach, do not start there. Worst place to start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't? Okay. I'll take your the, word for it. They're 500 episodes each. Nobody's got time for that. I'm sorry. What? They just don't. <laughs> Please tell me they're not hour-long episodes. They are not, but uh, Naruto feels like it. I'll just put okay. it out there. Naruto feels like it's an hour-long each episode. Here's a good show for you to start with, though, because it hasn't come out yet. This is Near Automata version 1.1a. This is based off of uh, the video game series, Nier Automata. The distant future, 5012. The sudden aerial invasion of Earth by aliens and their creations, machine life forms, led mankind to the brink of extinction. The surviving humans took refuge on the moon to organize a counterattack using android soldiers to recapture their home, Earth. However, the war reaches a stalemate as the machine life forms continue to multiply infinitely in turn humanity deploys a new unit of android soldiers as an ultimate weapon yorha newly dispatched to earth 2b joins 9s the analysts currently stationed there where amid their mission they encounter a myriad of mysteries mysterious phenomena excuse me this is the story of these lifeless androids and their endless fight for the sake of humanity this is a show that is coming up uh, on Saturday. That's when the first episode premieres. It should be on Crunchyroll and Hulu. I think uh, the video game franchise is pretty good. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to see the first episode of this show. It's only going to be 12 episodes for season one. So if you guys want to check it out, I definitely recommend it. We're going to be covering it on the Amateur Otaku Thursday of next week live. So make sure you go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the bell so you don't miss that. Reading the premise, Ryan, and, and seeing some of the footage here, are you excited or interested at all for Nier Automata? You know, I am interested in really looking at this footage. Just like, I just, my jaw just drops at just how beautiful some of this stuff looks. Like, yeah. I, I love animation just in general. Like, I, I have a lot of animated movies and TV shows that I absolutely love. And so when animation struggles are always like and not not struggles but whenever like people degrade and be like oh it's just for kids no right. it's not like sometimes it's often more mature than stuff for adults if you really think about it so mm -hmm. i always give animation a chance and especially because from what i have read it takes a whole lot longer to do and just seeing some of this footage here it looks incredible with the 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 people with the blindfolds on that i don't know how that works practically but it looks awesome <laughs> I, I guess i could 
I guess I could sum up my thoughts on this. I don't know how it works, but it looks awesome. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure even in the games, that's never explained. So I wonder if this anime is going to tackle the, the weird blindfold thing. But yeah, I, I'm totally with you. It's whenever somebody says animation is for children, it's like, go watch Akira. Go yeah. watch Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse and get mm -hmm. back to me. Right. Because Akira is, it's gory. It's tragic. It It's painful honestly but then you have grave of the fireflies uh, yeah same with grave of the fireflies but then you have spider-verse which yeah that can be considered a kid's movie but the themes and the message of that movie hits you no matter what age you are that's why it's yeah. one of the best animated movies of all time so yeah it's a shame people it's just a shame animation still kind of has that stigma but i feel like we're slowly getting away from that, especially when you look at something like Nier coming out Thursday. It just looks, it just looks freaking gorgeous. And this is not a kid's show, so people do not have your children watch Nier. I talk about it. <laughs> Indeed. And on top of that, think about something like Batman the Animated Series. That was doing some yeah. of the most mature Batman stuff while Joel Schumacher was over there like, cool party, and just a bunch of whatever those movies were. It, yeah, very, very true. And it's always going to be funny to me that Batman and Robin took the origin from Batman the Animated Series for Mr. Freeze and somehow decided to make it worse. It, how do you do that? You pulled it from the... You got it from the show. Just do that. It's, I don't. I don't get it. That whole so movie is funny. just one big I don't get it. <laughs> I still have fun with it in like an ironic sort of way but yeah mm -hmm. i really don't understand where, where they where they're coming from with that uh to wrap up the the shows coming out this week we had some things return bad batch abbott elementary abbott elementary willow and my hero academia all return this week so check disney plus hulu hbo max and crunchyroll to catch those and get caught up on their current seasons that's all the news we've got, unless you have anything else, Ryan, you wanted to talk about. No, I think we've covered just about all of it. We, we did the thing. Guys, this is the last show of the week. So if you enjoyed this, make sure you give us a like and subscribe so you can catch everything coming next week. It's a big week. We're previewing The Last of Us on HBO on Tuesday live. Make sure you're here for that. We are talking Vox Machina Season 2. The review embargo lifts next week for that as well. Uh, we are also going to be here every single day, as always, talking news. It's a fun time, as always. Ryan, thanks for joining me so much. Where can people find you and what you have coming up? So people can find me on my YouTube channel, which is just called Ryan Cam, and then on Twitter at RyanCam20, and Facebook and Instagram, and Letterboxd, all by that same handle. Uh, coming up on the channel, I will be reviewing Megan when that does come out. And Pale Blue Eye, if I can get around to that. And then this coming Sunday, I'll be beginning reviewing all of the Rocky movies in honor of Creed 3, starting off with the original Rocky. And then this coming Monday, continuing my M. Night Shyamalan project, covering all of the Shyamalan movies I've yet to review. This week is going to be Lady in the Water, which uh, I just don't know what to make of that one. But you'll, But that review will be dropping on Monday, and then... I just I just watched the happening for the first time today. Ooh. I had to recover some brain cells, but <laughs> it made for an entertaining review. So stay tuned for that. And if you have not checked me out, please do. 
Yeah, definitely. That's uh, all of Ryan's information is going to be linked in the description for you guys. We'll see you next week. Make sure you check out the Otaku for the Nier Automata and My Hero Academia coverage. Subscribe here so you don't miss Vox Machina and The Last of Us. And check out my channel, Novacinephile. We're talking The Boy and the Iceberg and why it's the perfect pilot next week. Avatar Last Airbender. It's a blast. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Keep watching movies. Keep streaming TV. And just enjoy cinema. Take care. Good night.